Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. This episode is our episode celebrating our most listened to songs of 2018. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I am Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who is seemingly unaware that any new music was released in 2018, outside of anything released by Elvis Costello or Brian Fallon of the Gaslight Anthem. Here's my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. That wouldn't be as funny if it wasn't true. <laughs> uh, I I had to throw in the shot of uh, of of where your top songs came in at for this year. So I couldn't resist throwing the jab at you. I it's much deserved. It's much deserved. One of my my uh, New Year's resolutions is to try to try to fix that a little bit. <clears throat> The premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each podcast, I have to ask the all-important question, Wayne, what t-shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing my newly acquired Elvis Costello record shop shirt from the uh, concert uh, in December. Fantastic. You got one laying around at your house for me, too? I got a spare one folded up, ready to go. It's all just for you. I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to wash the Made in China off. It's fantastic. Well, I am wearing my Brian Fallon and the Howling Weather t-shirt that you kindly picked up for me at a different concert this year. And uh, you all will find out later in the podcast why that is significant. For this episode, we're going to discuss our most listened to songs of 2018 Notice that I did not say the best songs that were released in 2018 or the best new songs of 2018. Our lists are going to include some stuff that would not qualify as new. And I know that I have at least one song that's over 30 years old. Um, You have a few that are probably over 30 years old, right? (laughs) Yes, I do. Okay. All right. So now that we've at least laid that groundwork, hopefully people are not listening to this podcast to discover, you know, a bunch of new music. I'll have a few um, and maybe we'll unearth a few gems for you as well during the process. But um, yeah, so that that's the premise of today's podcast. So how do you think you would judge your your music listening for 2018? Um, this podcast, uh, was the, probably the number one factor minus, uh, you know, trying to learn a specific song on the guitar. Almost all these songs came from podcasts, um, from listening, from doing the research the week before, or, you know, just discovering something, uh, and, and just falling in love with it. Yeah. All right. How about for, uh, for live music? Uh, how would you judge your 2018 for for concerts? Uh, better than it had been. I still uh, I I got a long way to go. I don't know that I'll ever catch up to you, but um, I'm definitely going to make a strong attempt to get to more shows. Um, like I say, but I saw Brian Fallon and Elvis Costello were the big shows. I I went. I saw some tribute bands at a couple of local places. Um, saw Cheap Trick. I, that's true. I did see Cheap Trick. I wasn't even, I, I, that was on a bucket list. I should have, I should have remembered that. Yeah. Uh, but all in all, I, I would say I, I, I'd like to get to more, but I, I, this was a good start. All right. 
I think this was a pretty good year for me. Um, you know, I, I kind of put down what I thought were some of my top, top concerts. Definitely at the top was seeing Foo Fighters again. They just, every time uh, I've seen them live, they just rock the house. They, they are so good. And, you know, I, I'm definitely a Dave Grohl lover. Um, now that Chris Cornell is, is gone, Dave ha is definitely the top of my man crushes. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not, uh, not, not afraid to admit that. Um, I did see the posies in Atlanta. I had to take a little bit of a, a jaunt to see them at the beginning of the year. And, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that. I know we're going to do a posies episode sometime in 2019. So I'll talk more about that. Um, we've already talked about not a surf. I saw them live for the very first time this year and, um, really great concert that I saw, which I'm, we'll talk about here in a moment. It was, uh, Jason Isbell, who was the headliner and the opening bands were Lucero and the Decemberist really great show. And one other, uh, one other band that is going to make this list for me. I uh, saw the alarm for the very first time. So that was also a very fantastic concert. Um, all right. So let's get into our list of most listened to in 2018. Um, do you have any honorable mentions before we, we jump into our lists? Uh, one honorable mention, uh, two. Uh, call and answer by the Bare Naked Ladies. We had done a list, uh, top 10 list of the Bare Naked Ladies. So our favorite. Bare Naked Ladies songs earlier in the year and Call and Answer kind of came at a time, a personal time that that song resonated and I listened to that a ton, uh, just didn't make the list. Um, also I was watching Westworld and I'm, I'm watching this episode and it's like set in colonial India or whatever and I'm hearing the sitar playing and I'm listening for a second I'm like that's Seven Nation Army and so I looked it up, and I uh, it was, they did this orchestra did a sitar version of uh, Seven Nation Army. It's amazing. It just shows speaks to the power of that song. That it doesn't matter how you do it, it's instantly recognizable. Um, it doesn't need words. You know the words. You sing along with it. Um, those are my only. Two did did you find out who sang that? Because I didn't see that on your 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 Spotify playlist. I had it on there. It's not. It's it's not a band because they're like I say. There's yeah. no words. Uh, it's all it's all instrumental, and uh, I'll I'll get it to you because it was a it was an orchestra okay. of some sort with a special guest sitar player. Now I have a ton of honorable mentions, and I know that you have some opinions on a few of them. Um, so the 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 first honorable mention I can I put on my list was maybe it's time from the uh, um, the the soundtrack of A Star Is Born by Bradley Cooper. Mostly put it on there because it's a Jason Isbell song, and I love my Jason Isbell. But um, you you had a very snarky comment about that song. Oh, uh, he shouldn't sing. I don't know. I mean, Bradley Cooper should stick to acting. He's a fine actor, but I don't know that he – I think Jason Isbell, I'd like to hear his version because the song did kind of try to – grow on me a little bit but I, every time i'd listen to it i'd just be like who what the who is this who's singing this <laughs> i don't remember my snarky comment because i i'm not gonna lie i i make snarky comments all day long and i cannot keep track of them all well uh, did, did you listen to the soundtrack though i mean i gushed on it 
a couple weeks ago or maybe even a couple months ago. Um, I gush about how I listened to it a lot. Um, I fell in love with the song Shallow, which is, you know, the duet with with Cooper and Gaga. Um, so did you listen to it at all or did you just kind of blow it off because, it's, uh, you know, it's mainstream or new? I don't know. Well, I don't know what uh, what your reasonings were. I just was too busy with with listening to other things that I had been assigned to to try to make this podcast work. I'm trying. I'm doing my very best here. Well, it sounds like maybe we should do Stars Born soundtrack uh, episode then. That that uh, that I yeah. that I would that, that would do it. That I would force you into. That would solve the problem. Let me just put it this way: it's much better than some of the soundtracks that you probably own because I'm pretty sure you probably own Who's That Girl. The soundtrack? No, that's not even true. That that is not true. Okay. I want to make sure everyone knows that, that is not true. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the Dick Tracy soundtrack. It's not the Dick Tracy soundtrack per se, but I do have the Madonna "I'm Breathless" or whatever it was, which is songs from the movie. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would say that the Fratellis would also be on my honorable mentions. Just happened that I was in Nashville. We were looking for something to do. A fellow coworker and I, and um, they were playing at a at a small little little uh, little dive, and uh, we decided to splurge a little bit, the whole twenty dollars or whatever it was for a ticket. And um, I only knew the one song, the uh, the Chelsea Dagger song, but I really dug them. So there's a couple really good songs that I listened to quite a bit this year. Uh, Starcross Lovers is really phenomenal. And a song called I've Been Blind, also a really good song. Um, I would say some Foo Fighter songs would have been on my list. There's a couple really good songs off of the, their most recent album. Not my favorite album by any stretch of the imagination, but um, hearing Dirty Water and uh, Sky's Neighborhood live were both really good. And I would say I had a number of broken social scene songs on my list. I did see them this year as well. Um, Sweetest Kill is fantastic. And um, yeah, now I also didn't include any songs from Not A Surf on my list. I figure we already had covered them enough in in the the episode solely dedicated to them. So, um, I mean, they got their own episode, right? So, didn't think that I needed to, uh, to 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 beat that dead horse. So, I didn't put anything on that. Um, did you look at your now? Spotify will make you a list of your most listened to songs as well. I think they called like. Uh, your top songs 2018 um, did you by chance take a look at what your top songs of 2018 based off of Spotify listens was I have not yet but uh, I will do that um, you want to hear something really funny guess what was on I think it was like about number 22 on my list was it the D-I-S-C-O it was D-I-S-C-O <laughs> Uh, that felt like a really just cruel joke that that was on my list. So, um, not, not funny Spotify, not funny at all. All right. So why don't we, uh, why don't we introduce our songs and after a short music clip, um, we can discuss why it made our list, 
Um, I'm going to start out. So number 10 on my list, this is The Decemberist, and this is Once in My Life. All through once in my, all through once in my life. Could just something go, could just something go right? I've been waiting all my life I've been waiting all my life All my life My life So I already alluded that I saw them in concert I can tell you that before seeing them in concert, uh, there were a few songs that I really liked of theirs. Uh, Crane Wife 3 uh, was really good. Um, I did like a few of their other songs. I'm trying to remember the, 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 the name of one song that I actually paid for on iTunes a few years ago. Um, but I wouldn't really call myself a fan until I saw them in concert. And they were just phenomenal. Um, Once in My Life, this is a song that comes off of uh, their 2018 release called I'll Be Your Girl. Um, that, I, I, I did a lot of spins on that particular album after the concert. And not to promote other podcasts, but I'm going to do it anyway. So Song Exploder um, has a really good episode about the creation of Once in My Life. And the lead singer, Colin, actually said that um, he was some of the components of Once in My Life was uh, based off of um, trying to do a Smith song. So maybe that's maybe that's part of the reason why this song appealed to me. I can't believe that this didn't make the disappointment list. I don't know if you didn't if you heard it before that or not, but this in content and simplicity is rivals please please let me get what i want i mean i don't think he says anything else but those but it's basically all chorus that he sings over and over again much much to, he does it for longer than than uh, morris he does please please let me get what i want but he it's the same idea yeah he does say just for once in my life can i just get what i want um i mean so yeah the definitely has a smith's vibe to it it did make the disappointment list. I think we recorded the disappointment list maybe a week before I saw them in concert. Um, but yeah, if we were to redo the disappointment list, I'm pretty sure that this would make it. And I would probably kick off the 21 pilot song because I've listened to it a couple of oh times God. since then. And it doesn't have the same impact <laughs> that it did for me six months ago when I was going through a whole ration of, garbage so yeah there we go all right uh tell me what your top 10 uh or number 10 song is uh my number 10 song is the second the second track off the greatest journey album it's uh stone in love And I don't 
know that I, I think a lot of it was that I was never comfortable, completely comfortable having one of my favorite songs be a journey song. And I'm just going to let it go. And I'm just going to embrace it. And I'm just going to let it be. Stone in Love, uh, this is like a very nostalgic song. It definitely reminds me of those those teen years when it's all about, you know, making out and getting thrown out at second base. Uh, it just brings back uh, a lot of those memories. And it's a, it's a, it's a, a song I've, I've, I've listened to for years. And like I say, I don't think I was completely comfortable having a Journey song as one of my favorite songs. But I'm almost 50 years old, so I'm just going to let it happen. Two words. Parkland Theater. I mean, that's <laughs> that's how I that's how I remember Stone and Love. It just it throws me back to to that nostalgic part of our lives. And for those of you who don't live in Tacoma, Washington, or never lived in Tacoma, Washington, uh, the Parkland Theater was the Dollar Theater. Um, it was a crap hole. But that's where we all congregated to. And um, actually, that's all I want to say about this because I'm still pissed off at you because of that journey episode. Alan, you got to let that go. But uh, the, yeah, the Parkland Theater. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be even more pissed off when we go through one more, one other song off of, the, off of your list, too. Well, the Parkland Theater was at the end of the gauntlet. We always started at the 7-Eleven on 138th, and then we went to the skating rink. And then the bowling alley, and then ended up at the Parkland Theater because it was only one dollar. It didn't matter if the movie had started an hour ago; you were only out a buck. Oh, that was I think I saw Evil Dead there twelve times. Uh, I was just going to say, how many times did you see Evil Dead there? <laughs> at least twelve. I'm pretty sure I saw Better <laughs> Off Dead there at least six times, and I, and I don't want to tell you how many times I saw Dirty Dancing there. <laughs> I don't want to. That's the. That's a that's an ex-girlfriend story that I absolutely don't want to tell. All right, uh, moving on. My number nine song, this is The Alarm. This is Spirit of 76. So one of my favorite interactions of the year, I uh, got to meet Mike Peters of The Alarm. Uh, he signed a couple of my albums, and then um, I went and saw the show. And the show was just fantastic. Uh, I have always loved this song. This comes off of their, what is it, 85, 84, 85 album called Strength. Mike Peters is just a hero for me. Um, watch the man in the camo jacket. That is a really good biopic of um, biopic. It's a really good documentary of Mike Peters. Uh, it's part biography of Mike and the alarm, but part commercial for all the great philanthropy that he does for cancer research and bone marrow donations. He is a cancer survivor. And I guarantee that if you watch that, you will absolutely become a fan of not just Mike Peters, the musician, but Mike Peters, the human being. 
listen to this song a lot because this was one that I wanted to sing along to and um, it did not disappoint live in concert. So, um, so it makes my, makes my list for, for 2018. This is, this is definitely the oldest song um, on my, on my top 10, but um, it is a, it's a good one. And uh, even today, as I was re-listening to our songs and, you know, just kind of, uh, reminiscing about those. Um, yeah, I just really, really love this song. Yeah, this is a great song from a underappreciated band. And uh, you could, re- it's just, he, he's a great songwriter. This song really captures that. I mean, you can definitely see them, you know, standing in front of that, the, 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 mur- the dually mural over the Cavern Club door and just being like, we're going to start a band, you know, we're going to start a band. And uh, it's just a great song, a uh, great story inside it. I think between this song, Strength, and Unsafe Building, um, I probably listened to those um, way too many times uh, this year, but uh, I love them all. All right, what's your uh, what's your number nine song? Uh, my number nine song is from John Mellencamp. This is off his Big Daddy release. It's Big Daddy of Them All. This song uh, haunts me. This song is a cautionary tale as well as a family history. Um, it's the album. Was, it was an underappreciated album. It's very introspective. Um, he didn't tour behind it. He didn't think it was that kind of an album. Um, but uh, I, it's a song that I, I somehow always end up hearing, you know, throughout the year. Like I say, it's 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 family history and and a cautionary tale all at once. Yeah, you know, you you brought this up around the time that um, you know my brother Dave and I recorded our episode. Um, kind of, I I guess you can kind of call it a commemorative uh, episode. You know, celebrating my dad and and you you brought this up and and the only notes that I have on on this song is this is not a happy song. (laughs) And, and uh, you know, you and you and I have had plenty of conversations about, you know, our parents and how they raised us and how we've tried to raise our own kids. And um, yeah, this is, this is definitely one of those cautionary tales. Oh, absolutely. All right, uh, moving on to a happier song. So my number eight is the Weezer cover of Toto's Africa. I seek to cure what's deep inside. i 
And how can you not love this song? I mean, whether it is the Toto original version or the Weezer version, um, it's just really a great, great song. And um, you you provided you provided a little a uh, little extra note as to why Weezer even covered this in the first place, right? Yeah, well, I love, I did read your notes and I would be, this is a terrible song. I don't even understand what you're, I don't, uh, I don't. So what you're saying is we're, we're never, we're never going to revisit Toto 4 is what you're telling me. Oh, it would, I would have to lose a bet. I would have to be, I'd have to be over the barrel on something. I would have to owe you money. I don't know. Cause this like I say, I give Steve Lukather all the credit in the world. I mean, I read something. He's been on over 1,500 recordings. Tremendous session guitar player. Um, but this whole album with Rosanna and Africa, it was just terrible. I don't even – I'm completely confused by your love of it. I do love the idea of how this came about with the girl just uh, badgering him on Twitter until she got him to do it. And I think more bands should do that, you know take a song and do it. And then the other band like Toto went and covered uh hash pipe in retail, you know, in not in retaliation, but in, in a sense of kind of playing along. And I, I think there's not enough of that in the, in the music industry. Yeah. It's, it's in good fun. We, uh, I, it, it was kind of a last minute decision, but, uh, a few weeks ago I went and saw Toto live. Um, and, <laughs> and, you can laugh all you want, but they, I had a good time. I had a good time. And you know, you, you, you already know, you already know my, uh, my love and fascination of Yacht Rock. And I'm, I don't apologize for any of that. And hearing Africa live was just fantastic. And, and to your point about Toto kind of returning the, the tongue in cheek. Yeah. Uh, them doing hash pipe live was, that was a lot of fun. It was, it was it was it was a lot of fun and I I enjoyed it and um you know I, I think I've said this plenty of times to to you um I really don't care what your opinion is but thanks anyways yeah, I and that, that you're not the first person to say that so <laughs> all right uh, what's your number eight uh, number eight is a is a as a newfound gem that was pulled out and polished up this is uh, Dexy's Midnight Runners Gino. just another example of how the podcast is kind of shaped by year um this is the first uk number one for dexy's midnight runners i did not know that that existed um i think like most everybody we assumed it all stopped with uh come on eileen started and stopped uh, just, with come on Eileen. yeah just yep and uh this is uh 
this was a great song. I'd never heard it before. We, we you made me listen to Shard Explosion, and uh, <laughs> I suffered through <laughs> suffered through DISCO, and and it's all it's all good because I found Gina. So, d- did you mean to say Shard? Yes. Okay. All right. I was just make, I was just making sure that wasn't like a Freudian slip. But yes, it was shard 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 explosion. Yes, that's how I refer to it. See, I you, you gave me a lot of crap because I, I was like, so the third episode I want to do a K Tail record, and you're I, like, what in the world are you? See, yeah, no, I I'm a big enough man to say that you know what I I was wrong. That the KTEL record provided us not only with some some good podcast humor and a lot of fun for the audience out there, but I found uh, some some stuff that I hadn't heard, and and now it's just part of my repertoire. It's part of what I listen to. And don't forget, we discovered band Bad Manners out of that too, right? Absolutely, the Strange Bro. Yeah, that was that's a good song too. Yeah. All right, jumping over to my number seven. This is Thomas Wynn in The Believers. That's Wynn with W-Y-N-N. And this is their song called You Can't Hurt Me. Thomas Wynn and the Believers is a local Orlando band that I absolutely love. This uh, the song comes off of their Wade Waste Deep album that was released at the end of 2017. I think this song really showcases why I love this band. They rock. And when Thomas and his sister Olivia start to harmonize, uh, it really is magic. I did a little bit more research on them um, just recently because... I have seen them a couple times live. They're fantastic, but I didn't realize that their dad, Tom, played drums in a band called Cowboy, which was a band from the from the 70s, and not surprisingly, was a contemporary of the Allman Brothers, one of the members of Cowboy, I guess actually played with the Allman Brothers for for a few years. So you can kind of hear the influence on this song for sure, very southern rock, and um, I'm I'm sure just based off of listening to the entire album, I would think that Thomas and Olivia probably have heard a few Almond Brothers songs or two growing up. Um, band had a really good year this year. They opened up for the Temperance Movement in in uh, Europe for a number of dates, uh, and they toured with Miles Kennedy for for a number of dates as well. Um, and I know that this was your first introduction to Thomas Wynn and the Believers. And uh, what, what did you think of them? I liked it. And like I say, it does. It has a not only a kind of a southern rock that is clear in there, but uh, also the, it's got a 90s kind of a feel to it. And I do. I love the. And I didn't know that was his sister, but I always love that that male female harmonization where even though she's singing the same words, it's still it has like a 
uh, confrontational kind of texture to it. Um, I really, I really like the song. Yeah, it's great. And the one thing that I like most about them, they have a multi-instrumentalist in the band and on a number of songs, he pulls out the harmonica and does harmonica solos, which is awesome. Um, I guess just by looking at my list, so there's another Southern rock group that's going to be next on my list. So I'm starting to think that the number of years that I've lived down here in the South may be rubbing off on me, um, especially with uh, with bands that are influenced by the Allman Brothers. Um, so, so there we go. All right. Uh, what is your number seven? My number seven is Old Band by Neil Young. This song just kept coming up all year long. Like um, earlier in the year, we did a top 10 Neil Young songs back and forth. And then we did the podcast on Harvest. And then I made a list. Uh, in fact, I was making a list of my songs that reminded me of my dad when you guys, you and David were making your list. And of course, all three of us uh, have the song on their list, yeah. I believe. Uh, so it just kept coming up. I mean, it was just, this one was definitely, uh, was quantity as much as quality it just all year long neil young's old man just kept coming up again and again and there's nothing wrong with that i know i gave you a ration of crap earlier in the podcast about selecting a song that's you know 40 years old but when the 40 year old song is old man by neil young you are pardoned <laughs> ah, much gratitude all right. What else do we have to say about Neil? Anything that we haven't already uh, gushed on in uh, the, the Harvest episode? People should just go back and make sure they listen to the Harvest episode. That was a great episode. This is a great artist and a yeah. great song. All right. My number six is from J. Roddy Walston in The Business. This is The Wanting. And I probably shouldn't have to apologize for this, um, considering your list. 
but I'm about six months behind on nearly all new music. So this song came off of their 2017 release, Destroyers of the Soft Life, but I didn't hear it until early 2018. I'm a few months behind. Um, you, you're still like 10 years behind, but that's that's okay. Um, this is a really good album. This is, uh, there. there's a number of really good songs on that. You Know Me Better, Ways and Means. Um, I first heard them a few years ago. Spotify actually recommended Don't Break the Needle off of their 2010 release. And uh, so I've been kind of a moderate uh, Jay Roddy fan. Um, keep waiting for him to come somewhere near Orlando so that I can see him, see him live. But just there, there were some songs on or some, some lyrics on this song that just really, uh, really spoke to me, um, you know, dealing with my dad and, and his cancer issues. And, you know, I'm the executor of his state. So we've had quite a few conversations about um, that which is a lot of fun. But uh, a couple of the lyrics off of this this uh, song, some of the lyrics are, don't sell the farm yet, believe in me, don't break the branches off the family tree. Uh, I'm made of good wood, bend, but don't break. There's only so much middle sons can take. Um, yeah, I'm a middle, I'm a middle child. Um, and talking about the, the farm, which my parents are on, um, I just, I don't know. It just really resonated to me and, um, it rocks. So I, I, I have gone back to this song many, many times over the course of 2018. Um, were you familiar at all with Jay Roddy Walston? Yeah, <clears throat> I had heard, um, a couple, I'd heard a couple songs from their previous record. So I think the, what, 2012, 2014. Um, but this, these guys are a great, great example of, of, you know, your influences come through, but yet they still have a, a unique sound. Like you can hear, there's like even some almost contemporary country as well as, and I would say their Southern rock reminds me more of Tom Petty Southern rock than Leonard Skinner Southern rock. But, um, but they, they sound, they don't, sound like anybody they 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 have a unique sound but you can definitely tell their influences not, not everybody can pull that off yeah just looking at some of the uh, spotify recommendations for for them so uh you've got uh uh my morning jacket also a, i don't know i guess they're kind of southern rock uh jd mcpherson which is definitely southern rock um and they also said that they're they're like dan arbuck from black keys so I can kind of see that as well. So, um, all right, moving on. Uh, my number six is the Counting Crows, Omaha. And I can't explain why I like this song so much, uh, but ever since I've uh, I've been reintroduced to it, uh, I, I think the the only word that comes to mind is smitten. I, I listen to it a lot, um, and if that if we redid the Counting Crows August and everything after sound, uh, podcast today, 
I, I think this might make this might be the eleven point. What did you pick as the top song? Ranking. Okay. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that one either. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm kind of in your same boat. I did rediscover this album as well for the for the podcast, and um, since the podcast episode that we recorded for that. I will say that I listen. I have listened to Sullivan Street uh, multiple times as well. So that's the whole reason why we are records revisited. We are revisiting these records. It's in the title. It's so simple. All right, my number five is Boy Genius. This is their song called "Me and My Dog." And this is not really a happy song, um, but what would you expect from this trio? So this is Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker. So they form this little, I don't know if you would call it a super group, but for indie terms, they're kind of a indie super group because um, these are all three up and coming, um, you know, indie artists. Uh, I think a lot of people are even kind of breathing Phoebe Bridger's name in kind of the same vein as they do with uh, their love of, you know, people like Jenny Lewis, for instance. Um, and I just fell in love with the song. This was one of those uh, Spotify recommendations. So thank you, Spotify. Um, but this was on my release radar because I had liked a few Phoebe Bridger's uh, songs few Lucy Dacus songs and um I just really I really dig it it's it's totally mellow it's not a happy song this would be kind of the same uh in the same vein of me going back to Morrissey songs and the Smith songs back when uh you know I was a lad um and needed just to um to uh wear black because black is how I feel on the inside you see what I see what I did there? Yeah. See that I quote quoted a Smith song. I see that. Good job. What'd you what What'd you think of uh, Boy Genius? I enjoyed it. Uh, um, yeah, the lyrics don't see they don't they don't indicate what the song that the song is not happy. The the melody is very I felt was kind of you know somewhat upbeat. I didn't get the sad feeling from it. I like them all. I'd never heard them. I also one of the things on your list is I. I I listening to the songs on your list to get prepared. I ended up Googling to see if any of these people are, you know, performing. And I'm, it seems like I missed every one of them by like two weeks. Uh, yeah. Boy Genius was here in the end of November. Um, gosh, there was somebody else on your list. I looked up and found that they had just been here like last week or two weeks ago at this point. So uh, I definitely got to get out to more shows, but yeah, I, I got to try to figure out a way to stay ahead. 
Exactly. Yeah, and you're you're lucky in that the artists that I like actually come to your to your city. Me, um, yeah, I get Pitbull, and um, who's some of the other crap that comes uh, comes to to town here? But well, see, the um, benefit of not listening to new stuff is I don't have any idea who you're talking about. <laughs> so you, you you really don't know who Pitbull is. I know who Pitbull is, but I, I okay. I've never heard any crap he sings except on commercials. All right. Well, I think he writes everything he writes is actually with the attention of being on a commercial. So he's got black eyed peas syndrome. Well, that's not a good syndrome to have. No, it's not a good syndrome. That is that's really sounds, sounds career fatal. <laughs> it could be. It could be. All right. Um, what is your number five? Did we, did we already go through your five? No, we haven't done your five. Go. And my number five is the Gaslight Anthem Boxer. Little story about Gaslight Anthem is uh, I used to I used to go through and uh, get the 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 one oh seven seven the end which was the local alternative station they'd have a year end countdown every year I'd get the countdown because I didn't listen I don't listen to the radio and I'd go through the countdown and I just I'd get all the CDs from the library and so I had Gaslight Anthem the fifty nine sound came out a couple years before American Slang and I I had it all along. Didn't listen to it. Was reading an article in Rolling Stone about um, their upcoming album, American Slang, and um, Brian Fallon kind of addressing some of the Bruce Springsteen um, com- uh, comparisons. And so I went and got American Slang, loved it, brought out Gaslight, uh, uh, the 59th Sound, and started listening to that. And this is just one of the songs that right away spoke to me. And uh, it's got a very, you know, uh, you know, up against the world, um, you know, someday it's all going to be okay if I just keep fighting. Always, just always love this song. And it's a song I, I could probably almost be on my top 10 countdown every year. So we may we may see this in our 2019 most listened to songs. Is that, is that what you're I'm telling gonna, me? I'm gonna, uh, if, I did, if I didn't know that I was going to be making a podcast about my 20, I, it could possibly, but it won't. I'm going to make okay. sure to all keep right. it out. Yeah, and... I didn't discover Gaslight Anthem until 2012 when I fell in love with 45 off of Handwritten. So, and um, because I really enjoyed that album, so I went back and rediscovered, uh, you know, 59 Sound. I really, I really didn't know too much off of American slang except for Boxer because uh, if you look at the Spotify most listens, um, yeah, it, that's in the top ten, I think, but not uh, not one of their not one of their biggest songs. 
any idea what uh, the most listened to Gaslight Anthem song is on Spotify? I'm going to say, is it the 59 sound? Yeah, it, that's 11.4 million listens. 45 has 16.5 million. So good. People yeah. are listening to them. All right. Well, that moves on to my number four. And guess who is on my number four? <gasps> who could it be? It, it's Brian Fallon from the Gaslight Anthem. Actually, this is from his solo work. Uh, this is a song called Etta James. So this is off of the 2018 Sleepwalkers album. This is Brian's solo, but let's be honest, nobody else knows anyone in Gaslight Anthem besides Brian Fallon. So whatever you want to slap on the album title, Brian, you know, have at it. Um, this is just a really, really great song. I love it. Um, the the lyrics are, are really great as well. And um yeah, it just really spoke to me. Um, you know, it's interesting that both of us have Brian Fallon in various styles, both solo and with other bands in our countdowns. Um, so who knew that we uh, we had some similar tastes? You know, now if I can only convince you that Toto is a great, great band, then, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a really great podcast. Maybe if they open up for Kiss, we can go to that show. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, no chance. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know if I could do it. So, yeah, I just can't do it. I mean, you gave, you gave me a ration of crap when we put together our Kiss top ten lists earlier in the year, and um, you know when I, when I said, hey, if, uh, if I put um, <laughs> reason to live on my list, would you disown me? Yes. As a friend. So I didn't, and I think I put Heavens on Fire instead on my list. And number four is the Replacements Answering Machine, Sacred Cow from the yeah. best Replacements album, Let It Be. You, you son of a bitch. Don't be a hater. This song, this is a great song. Like I say, it's uh, it really is, all kidding aside, 
I think this uh, they super lo-fi almost sounds, you know, got that feel almost like it's being played through an answering machine. Just a, just a great, great song. Do you have any, anything to say about answering machine? Um, the, the song or the podcast episode that we did where that appeared on, I guess potato, potato, whatever. Uh, so let me, let me say on the song, I, I do love the song. Um, it does not beat can hardly wait ever the record would show, in any the record in, would show in any in any universe and i'm still bitter about it so if anyone out there is listening and would like to be the co-host of records revisited with me please send your demo tapes to yeah no i i still i still hate all you right, for well, that episode just remember you're the one that made up all those crazy rules but it made for good a good what do we call it? Good podcasting Make, made for good radio. Can't really say that made for really good podcasting. That's for sure. That was, I laughed the whole way through that. Yeah. Well, I still hate you. All right. Going, moving on. Cause I don't want to validate any more of this conversation about answering machine. So my number three song is the night David Bowie died. This is Lily Hyatt. If I had a favorite album of the year or most listened to album of the year, her Trinity Lane album would probably get that honor. Um, I love it. Uh, This was my first introduction to Lily. I played the snot out of that album. Um, So much you don't know one of the songs off off of the album. Um, probably my favorite off of this particular uh, album, but I played this song the most and I just love the whole thing. Um, what did uh, what did you think about Lily? This was probably your first introduction to her, right? Oh, she completely captivated me. I was just enamored with her completely. She, uh, that. That's what I, I always give the new Lucinda Williams and the new Nico Case. I always give it a listen, and that's what I'm looking for. Um, I love the beginning of the song. Um, I don't know whether her her man loves David Bowie or she does, but I remember when David Bowie died, and I, I my my best friend absolutely called me to see how I was doing because uh, he meant that much to me. She's just a muse. I um, actually tried to find out if she was touring. She was here. It was quite a while ago. Um, I considered going and seeing her dad and Lyle Lovett perform in Olympia uh, just just to be 
just a, some sort of connection with her. I'm excited to hear something new from her. And um, I had the honor of seeing her live this year. Um, I was stuck in New York for for business on my birthday, and um, so I I actually I actually Facebook messaged her and said, "Hey, if you play um, so much, you don't know, you'll you'll make my birthday." And so she responded, uh, "Your birthday wish is granted." I show up to the concert. And guess what song she doesn't she doesn't play? Um, exactly the one that I wanted her to play. So <laughs> um, Lily did the the merch table afterwards, and um, you know, as soon as I said, "So you ruined my birthday," and she immediately saw my face, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I suck!" And um, so I got some really heavily discounted merchandise because of that. And, uh, but she was so sweet. Um, got a, got a selfie with her and um, that was a really great night of live music. And so it was her opening up for Justin Towns Earl. Um, and um, yeah, that was, that was a really good show. And Lily, if you're listening, I really want you on the podcast so that we can talk about purple rain. So if you listen to the song so much, you don't know, you'll understand why I just said that. So, all right, moving on. What's your, uh, what's your number three song? My number three song is Blue by the Jayhawks. And this song, it, it's a great song. The first time I, I heard it was uh, I was watching the Adam Carolla film he made, the, one of his, his first film he made called The Hammer. And I heard this song and it made me look into uh, the Jayhawks, which I, I first found the album Rainy Day Music, which didn't have this on it. But, but I ended up liking that too. Um, I'd say one of my favorite Pandora stations is my Jayhawks radio. And I just uh, been really into alt country. And uh, these guys and this song particularly have uh, been big this year. All right. Um, I dig the Jayhawks as well. Um, If you're looking for a really good cover version of it, I would uh, point you in the direction of the Thorns. Um, Any, uh, you ever heard of the Thorns? Uh, No, I have not, but you say it like I should. Well, it is the uh, it's a little side project for Matthew Sweet, Sean Mullins, and Pete Droge. They only did one album together um, back in uh, two thousand three, two thousand four, something like that. Um, really good album. If you again, I'm a sucker for harmonies, which is why I love Blue, and uh, their their particular version. Um, Again, just really great, great, great harmony there. So, all right, that's good, good choice. 
All right, uh, my number two is a song called Used to Be, and this is by Matt Nathanson. Maybe I'm deep down hoping you come back to yell at me like you used to do. You were right, I'm just a stubborn fool. Who's living in the past when we were young and we were free, and all your friends were friends with me. Swimming in our clothes when the beach was closed, midnight on New Year's Eve. And if you're having trouble, baby, holding on to memories, I got a king size bed and a PhD in the way it used to be. I got a king size bed and a PhD in the way it used to be. And I brought up the fact earlier that uh, Dave Grohl is my man crush. Matt Nathanson is probably my second man crush as well. So this dates back to me seeing him live in uh, Utah when I was going to school there. It was probably, what, 94, 95. And this is, in my opinion, Matt's best album that he's released since Some Mad Hope. Um, I get to see him alive again in February. I'm really excited to to see him. It's been, gosh, 10 years since I've seen him live. And uh, this time I'm going with with the missus. We'll see how that goes. The missus doesn't really like musicians who swear. And Matt can kind of be a little bit of a potty mouth. So we'll, we'll see how, uh, we'll see how this, this, uh, this show works. But Matt is one of the few artists that um, my wife and I can actually agree on. So, and I just really dig, dig the lines. The, 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 uh, the, the music is super catchy on this one and um, bit of, of nostalgia, which is, kind of fitting with our with our top 10 considering there's there's some nostalgic songs or songs that kind of make us nostalgic and you know when he talks about uh you know when we were young and we were free and uh you know swimming in our clothes when the beach was closed midnight on new year's eve and if you're having trouble baby holding on to memories well i've got a kink size bed and the phd in the way it used to be i just catchy as catchy as i'll get up I can't believe I've never heard of this guy. And um, I listened to this song. I love this song. Uh, I may, I, his show in February at Numos is sold out, but I'm very much considering getting some, some aftermarket tickets uh, and going to see it. It's a great venue. And uh, I, I, I love this song. I think that I'm like I say, I'm strongly considering doing that. Do it. Um, I'm I'm kind of torn on seeing him live because I was super excited. He's this latest tour that he's doing is just small venues, so like a, a like a Numos. Um, he was originally going to come to the Social, which is super small dive bar um, here in Orlando, but I yeah. It's a really great venue because you are like right on top of of the musicians. Um, you know, Scott Wayland even said when I saw him live, he was like, this is the, the, the smallest effing stage I've ever stood on. Um, so I was super excited about that. He sold out like the day of when tickets went um, live to the public. So they moved it next door to the Beecham, which is a bigger venue. So 
I'm not quite as excited because I was super excited to, you know, see him in that kind of intimate venue, but, um, should be, should be good. I really dig him. Um, we could probably do a whole episode, you know, similar to what I did with, uh, with not a surf kind of introduce you to, uh, to Matt Nathanson. So we might, we might just have to do one of those episodes in the future. I'm, I'm good. And, and, the other thing that I would I would tell you about, um, so he is, he's even though he's more of a pop rock type of guy, he loves old eighties like hair metal, and he did a little bit of a covers album called Pyromadia, which is just covers and um, you know re- renditions of Def Leppard songs. So I actually tweeted at him and said, "Hey, do you want to come on my podcast and and revisit Hysteria?" And he he didn't respond to me. So if I get if I get yeah if I get the opportunity to uh, to, to 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 chat with him when he comes into town, um, I'm definitely going to extend the offer again to uh, to come on the show and talk Hysteria. I think both of us could talk about Def Leppard for an episode. Oh, I'd rather do pyromania, but than hysteria. But that's probably why he didn't respond to you. <laughs> so we should probably, or should I recommend come on the podcast and do high and dry? <laughs> well, that's that. I don't know. He he named his album Pyromania, so I'm just saying he might want. Yeah. To well, he he the well his cover of Hysteria is just awesome. I, I love it. It's gorgeous. Um, anyways, so that's why I threw that out there because, you know, maybe maybe if I can get him on the podcast, I can sing harmonies with him. Well, as a, just from a guy who tried try to sing harmonies with you, I would say, let's not do that again. Did I just make it creepy? <laughs> it just made it, it just got weird. <laughs> well, I already said he was my man crush. So come on yeah. now. Yeah. No wonder he didn't respond. <laughs> uh, and and Matt, just so you know, that was the first and only tweet that I've sent to you. So I'm not a stalker, promise. All right, uh, moving on. What's your number two? My number two is a song that I just recently heard uh, live for the first time. It's Elvis Costello and the Attractions. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? This song makes my list because I've been uh, I'm learning it on the guitar, so I play it a lot. I listen to it. I play it. Um, also, it's just a great song. Um, you should always listen to this. Everyone should listen to this. He did this song. This was the encore, the final song um, when we saw I saw him at the Paramount, uh, which was a great show. He's he's lost some range, but he still sounds exactly the same. 
Um, he has a couple of very talented young ladies that do backup uh, singing, and he should really let them do some of the kind of. You can see he has trouble giving control over because he still tries to do the high, the fidelity part in high fidelity, yeah. and he should just let them. He should just let them do it because they were knocking it out of the park. Uh, but it was a great show. He did. I like the fact that he. He did everything that he knew we, people would want to hear. He did some stuff that was obviously a little more obscure, but uh, he he hit all the big points. Allison, watching the detectives, what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Every day I write the book. It was a great show. No opening act. He just came out and went at it for two and a half hours. It was it was incredible. Yeah, I looked at your set list. Um, I think my set list was still better when I saw him live a few years ago. But yeah, that. Your 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 show is no slouch, definitely. And and this song, uh, this is such a good song, such a good song. I don't know, is Allison still the better song than this song, or is is this his best song? Even though it's you know it's a Nick Lowe song, but he made it his own. Wow, that is that is a uh, I. I I can't, I, you know what? I don't know that I could say, I guess it would just depend on the day and that which song I had just heard would probably be, would always get the nod, but those are two of the, the greatest songs ever written. And I, I don't, it'd be tough to, to pick a winner out of that. Yeah, fair enough. You're just go off. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So uh, without any drum roll, my number one song is from Leon Bridges. This is a song called Beyond. But she's really tempting me, oh. Do you think I'm being foolish if I don't rush in? I'm scared to death that she might be it, that the love is real, that the shoe might fit. She might just be my everything to be on, be on. And this is off of his 2018 release called Good Thing. And I know this song got a little bit of airplay. Um, I fell in love with Leon a few years ago when I first heard his song called Smooth Sailing. And then uh, I discovered the song River. And, oh man, River is so good. Such a great song. And, you know, I would say because of him last year, I kind of went through a deep dive of going back and listening to Sam Cooke, some Otis Redding, some Marvin Gaye. And, you know, when you suggested that maybe we should do an episode um, talking about Terrence Trent Darby's debut album, uh, I was like, uh, yeah, let's do it. Because I think Leon Bridges, I think he channels TTD in the best possible way. And this song is um, just a really great song. I think it shows a lot of his vocal range and just, yeah, it's a great song. I, I just really, I really dig it. Oh, I, I totally love this song. Um, I wish I had heard it earlier in the year, so it could have been on my list. He uh, just, and don't, you're forgetting the Reverend Al Green. He is. Oh, I forgot Al Green. So, 
this guy has so much soul. It's not even, and it's I, what I loved about it is it's fresh. It's not, it doesn't sound like he's, he, he redid, you know, a, a Marvin Gaye song. It's like, he is so fresh, but yet old soul soul. He's uh, just incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I've been listening to lots of stuff from him. Um, he's just like a big bowl of warm caramel. He's just smooth. It's just, um, uh, a joy to listen to. I'm glad I was able to uh, to to uh, point him in your direction. I feel like my next year's list is going to look like your this year list. Hey, that's 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 I'm good. Gonna, I'm just going to go and listen, spend all year listening to the songs you you introduced that's me. That's good. All right, so uh, here I'll give you the drum roll. Your number one. My number one is The Horrible Crows and Lady Killer, and this is the live version. And of course, Brian Fallon, lead singer for the Horrible Crows, uh, maybe the only Horrible Crow in the band. I'm not sure. Uh, this song is tremendously. Uh, it's a depressing song. I mean, when you listen to when you look 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 at it and listen to the lyrics, it's uh, it's very tragic. But when he does it live, as he as he finishes the song, like seamlessly, he goes right into the chorus of "Pictures of You." by the cure and you don't see it happening. You don't hear it happening. And then it does in the whole crowd. Um, he does this at the part of the, the encore where it's just him and a keyboard. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's moving in and of itself. But when he, when you channel the cure and uh, you're, you've got me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that little extra pictures of you reference it's pictures of you, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So you do realize that Brian Fallon made our list three times. I did, I, I did not notice that at first, but yes, I think he made it in, in all three yeah. phases, the Gaslight Anthem, the Horrible Crows, and Solo. Yeah, and you know, I almost put I almost put a Matthew Ryan song on my list because even though that song came, or that album came out in 2017, I still listen to, I still listen to Matthew Ryan's uh, album um quite a bit this year and it was produced by Brian, Brian Fallon. Fallon. Yeah. So that, he almost made our list four times. Uh Ooh. So Brian Brian oh, Brian Brian is the uh record revisited killer. Yeah, he he is in he's incredible. Like I say if you sh- I I hope that you get a chance to see him live. That was probably one of the best shows I've seen. He's great with the crowd. He interacts with the crowd. He's talking. Um, he's playing, you know, all everything from his from his catalog. Yeah, I mean, he probably played twenty songs that night. Um, it's a super small venue, but he just uh, he just he killed it. He was he's a truly a, a an artist, a great performer. 
one of these days he's he's definitely on the bucket list i do need to uh, i do need to see him live all right um anything you want to say about 20 2018 as we're wrapping this up so this is gonna this episode is gonna come out on December 31st, in fact. So we're we're gonna be looking ahead to 2019 in a uh, one of our 45 episodes. But um, anything you want to wrap up with uh, 2018? Other than like you've always said, uh, go out and support artists. Go out and, and watch live shows. Uh, buy T-shirts. Um, Download their uh, songs off of iTunes or Spa or whatever your service is and uh, just support the arts. Yeah. Let's keep this going. So 2018 has been an interesting year. And I think for me, the thing that uh, kept me out of just a complete deep, dark depression was music. Whether it was listening to uh, to the great music that was presented to to me and um, you know, revisiting those, those, uh, great artists on this, this podcast. So, um, yeah, uh, appreciate music. It, uh, it is definitely the thing that, uh, continues to stir my soul. All right. Um, just, uh, one last housekeeping item. Um, please make sure that you go check out our Facebook page and go like it. We update it a couple times a week and you can find that at records revisited podcast. You can also find us on Instagram by using the hashtag records revisited podcast. And, um, if you're on iTunes, Please go, uh, please go give us a review. We, uh, we need a few of those and, um, that's it. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Please go support the arts, go to a live show, buy a t-shirt of the band. Like Wayne said, buy a record, visit a record store and not just on record store day. And we are records revisited. And for 2018, we are out.